Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. Here, I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode. That's very important. Download each episode. Hold on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for Table Flippers only today. We're having coffee shop talks. That was Dree's idea. I thought it was spectacular. So she gets one of these. Bam. There we go. Um, Today, I have a very special guest today. We know her and call her Dree. She's going to introduce herself in just a moment. There's another fantastic young lady who's making things happen in her world and in her life and the lives of many other people. She's studying hard. She's working hard. She's raising a son who I like to wrestle with and um, try to steal his shoes and stuff. But nonetheless, he always beats me up. Phenomenal young lady. And you're going to hear the wisdom of this young lady because what we have today in our world, unfortunately, is so many people are confused, especially young people, about what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, what it takes to really get the job done and make the world work for them. But Dree has a great head on her shoulders. Oh, and by the way, guys, she's single. (laughs) How old are you, Dree? How old are you? I'm 28. 28, single. Single mom with a great um, little boy. And, um, well, yeah, there you go. I just want to add that I did not consent to that message. (laughs) Oh, well. There we go, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Dree, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, well, most people know me as Dree, um, but uh, my full name is Sadrina. I am a local real estate agent, and um, I'm going to school. I'm in grad school right now. Um, I'm going for my doctorate in chiropractic. Um, that's a whole other story, but um, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me, what I'm doing right now, and I'm raising, as you said, a son. Um, it's a little difficult. But, you know, we get through it, especially when you're raising a little mini-me. But, hey, we're here. We're good. I'm alive. <laughs> Wait, you, you called him mini-me? Yeah. Is that why he's so ornery? Yeah. And that's why he's always picking on me? Yeah, it's a mini-me. He mini always me. just runs up and socks me right in the gut? Yeah, he's the uh, best parts of me. Yeah, yeah, the best parts of me. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. So you heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, she's 28 years old, young lady, single mom going to school to become a chiropractor, rack them and crack them. Okay, no, she's going to be a lot better than that. But chiropractor and uh, other other specialties in the medical industry. And she's brilliant and she's making it happen. And um, there's one thing that I do want to point out just to make a point. Okay, so what's your family, uh, your ancestry, your background? Where are you all from? Um, so my grandparents are actually from Mexico, uh, both of them. Um, they straight came from Mexico. Um, my parents are first generation here in America. Okay. So the reason I just wanted to point that out, ladies and gentlemen, because we have this other problem and issue in our present world here in America, especially, is many people, if you have a uh, Latino, Latina last name, or if your skin is a little bit darker, you fit into this strange category in many people's minds of almost being a victim 
Do you ever feel like a victim, especially because of your background? <laughs> I love that you brought that up because, no, because I don't identify with the background that I'm in. Um, honestly, I think what I identify with is where I am in my current state. You know, um, you if you look at the world in such a way that everyone's against you, that's where you that's what you're going to portray. Um, but I don't see the world that way. That's not the way I was raised. I was raised to work hard. Um, all my life I've seen my dad work two jobs and um, provide for his family without a complaint. And uh, that's what was replicated to me and that's what was passed down. Yeah, and I do know your dad. I, ladies and gentlemen, I know her father. And he is an extremely hard worker and really good at what he does. Uh, and the reason I wanted to point that out is because, unfortunately, we have this victim mentality with many people. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just destroying them. Yeah. Because when you feel like a victim, you act like a victim. Mm -hmm. And victims don't get the job done. Yeah. They need somebody else to get the job done for them on their behalf. And then they usually are whining and complaining. And that is definitely not true. That's definitely not the Herrera household. Um, they're very hardworking. And, um, and it's not just, just because their family originally came from Mexico, ladies and gentlemen. It has nothing to do with this. It. It's not an issue of race. It's what people portray themselves or see themselves, how they see themselves. And the people that are hardworking and, and just pull themselves up by the bootstraps and make things happen, that's what they, exactly what they do. They make things happen for themselves and for everyone else around them. And Dree's doing that. Yeah, and, and I like how you mentioned like the family background, but I also want to add to like my own spin on it because um, I can easily uh, play the victim card, especially with my current circumstance of being a single mother. Um, I feel like that victim is, uh, victimization of being a single parent um, has really um, made people crippled. And I don't think that that's the way that life should be looked at. Um, I think that my current circumstance makes things a little more difficult than the average person, but I don't think that it slows me down any more than what the next person can do. Um, I, I think that I use that as my motivation versus using it as a crutch. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point that you use what other people can look at, I can't do this because I'm a single parent. I can't do that because of my historical background. But you use it as a motivation to overcome those situations and provide for your son, provide for yourself, provide for your family, and really make something of yourself. I like that, that anything that other people might see as an adversity, you use as a motivation to overcome and to do even greater things. So let me ask you this. So when, you, when you do have some type of victory, let's say um, a degree or it doesn't even have to be a degree, just something that you've been able to accomplish through all these trials, does the victory seem a little bit more sweeter because you can look at all the things you've had to come through? Oh, for sure. Um, I think that I have a little harder time celebrating the small victories or even the bigger victories because I'm type A personality. It's just how I am. But um, looking back on my life and where I've come from, um, I was working retail till I was, what, I got my real estate license at 25. So I was working retail till about 25 as a single parent. Um, I kind of thrived through that area. Um, I worked in different areas of management of, of that. And, you know, you get kind of bored. And you, on to the next realm, right? You take what you learn there and you bring it into the next realm and, and you never stay content. So um, although 
I, um, I have a hard time celebrating those victories. I can look back now, even like the small victory of getting my real estate license, um, and, and say, hey, like you did that. You did what most people couldn't do. Um, that test is really hard. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I can look back and say, hey, like you're still not working. You're not working at that um, that retail store anymore. You're not working there anymore. You moved from that little stepping stool to the next stepping stone. And, and now I can say, hey, I, I learned the business avenue. So that way, when I graduate school, I can say, hey, now I've learned the business realm of what it is to build a business. And now I can build my chiropractic business. And you know, see where that takes me. And look for the next challenge in life versus looking for the next thing to, the next thing to cripple me <laughs> so to speak well yeah because you tapped into something really interesting because we have so many uh, and it's not just young people but a lot of young people they have the energy they have the drive they have their whole life ahead of them and they're flipping burgers demanding a what they call a living wage mm -hmm. so they can go out and buy a house buy two cars raise a family flipping burgers but what you just described is instead of looking for some what they call a living wage at a entry-level job you went out made yourself more marketable got a better job and now you're working on even getting a better job increasing yourself instead of just staying back at your very first job was retail mm -hmm. and demanding that you get paid you know instead of whatever you were making I, I demand sixty thousand seventy thousand dollars a year so I'll, I can afford to raise a family and buy a house and it's like you're working retail mm -hmm. it's not even a reality you yeah. know flipping burgers is not a reality in that so what message or what do you think about those people say they could be anywhere from say 18 to well 28 mm -hmm. I'll put it right up to your age that are still working a entry-level job and demanding that they get paid more so they can buy a house or go raise a family or whatever. What's the message you have to them? I think what I would say to them is dream bigger. Um, that life has more to offer than just what's in front of you. And to find what really makes you excited, you know? And it doesn't even necessarily mean go to college. Um, I, I obviously am a person that believes in college because I am in college. Um, I have my bachelor's degree in biology. Um, so I. I'm not opposed to the system, but it's not meant for everyone. I don't believe that college is meant for you know absolutely everyone in the world. I think it's a great tool, but I don't think it's necessary to get yourself in a hundred thousand dollars debt. <laughs> right. Um, so even if it's not going to college, but you know build yourself some other way. Go to a trade school. Find something you really like. Um, real estate school was next to nothing to get into. You know, um, you obviously have to have the drive and the, um, actually enjoy it. You know, you don't just get your license and make money. But um, find what you really enjoy and and run with it um, dream bigger than what's in in front of you um, I think that a lot of things that hold people back is their self-doubt and they they see themselves in, in a way that's not worth um, fighting for and I think that they need to learn how to take a risk on themselves I totally agree and by the way I think I hear people cheering <laughs> yes I wanted you to use that it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> okay, people, calm down out there. Calm down. We're easy, trying to do easy. a podcast here. Oh, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear background noise, people talking, things happening, we are back in the coffee shop. So um, there's going to be a little bit of noise. But, you know, come on in. Have a great cup of coffee. Butler's Coffee, the great co greatest coffee on the planet. Um, but I do appreciate you saying that, especially as a young person. I say it. 
Okay. Now, we live in a strange world. Oh, yeah. If I said exactly what you just said, uh-huh. often, not always, because certain groups of people will actually get it, but a large majority of people will write me off because, one, of my age, right? Oh, you got this this idea of special privilege because of whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my age, oh, you've been around longer. You started out younger. You started out when you could actually buy a house for X amount of dollars and everything like that. And it's all relevant, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. My first house that we bought was um, $74,000 out here in Little Rock. And it was off the HUD list. <laughs> okay, $74,000. But I was only making, I was bringing home um, about $1,600 a month. Who could buy, you know, a house on $1,600? Well, nobody can anymore, right? And I understand that. So now wages have gone up. I know people are saying, wages haven't gone up. Yes, they have. Big time. Yes. No, my first job, I made $4.35 an hour. That was my first job. <laughs> well, my first job, I made $8 an hour. There. So, yeah. So between the time I started and the time you started, uh-huh. it went up uh, around $4. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Well, it's now at what, $16 an hour? Yeah, $15, $16. Yeah. It's crazy, you yeah. know, for an entry level job. Um, and I was happy to have that four bucks an hour. Yeah. But I also knew, not, not even for a split second, did I say, I'm going to stay here and make this a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even once did I think that. I just knew this is getting me some pocket money yeah. as I continue school, and I'm going to have a much better job you know, this time next year. And then when I got that job, I'll have a much better job, and I'll have a much better job. I went through so many jobs until I finally got to that one. Now I'm happy. Now I'm at where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that um, young people nowadays see jobs as just like a security net. And instead of looking at it as a stepping stone um, and seeing what they can kind of gather from it to bring into the next, you know, scene of their life, the next uh, story of their life, the next chapter, you know, um, everyone has something to offer. Um, I still use things that I, I worked at Marie Calendars when I was like, I think like 17, 18. Um, and I, um, I was just talking to a friend because he was like, wow, you have a very firm handshake. And I was like, yeah, you know, I actually learned that a handshake tells a lot about a oh, person yeah. um, when I was working at Marie Calendars. I was like, and I laughed about it because that was so long ago and I was putting a whipped cream on pies. Like that's what my <laughs> job was, you know? <laughs> but I, I had I had a valuable conversation with someone that I was able to take with me to even now this part of my life. Um, and it still impacts me, you know? And I think it's just young people are so, um, they're not humbled enough. And they don't look at life in a way that everyone has something to offer. Or, you know, there's something more to a person or this, a, a scenario in life. They, they don't look at life the right way. I agree. Because like I said, hearing it from you is, is uh, and, and people like you. That's why I, I love having younger people on my podcast because it's hard to throw stones at them. Me, I'm the I'm the old white guy. Oh, I got white privilege. Oh, I got privilege because of my age. Oh, I got privilege yeah. because of this. And I'm still waiting for that privilege to kick in because yeah. I've had to work for everything I've Well, got. you know what's funny is that people always talk about white privilege, white privilege. But, hey, what about all the... Um all the demographics that jobs have to go through to make sure that they hire enough, you know, of whatever race there is, you know, they, they want to make sure that they get enough mi- minorities in or enough females in, and they want to talk about how, you know, equality, equality, equality. But I mean, I'm sorry, doesn't that make it harder for you as a white 
white male, you know? <laughs> to be honest with you, it, the truth is yes. We, yeah. don't, we, we do our best not to complain about it because we just figure if, if one door shuts, we're going to go kick open the next door. Exactly. And that's I think that's the way it should be. Right. Yeah. And it has, um, and yes, I have been turned down for certain things because of uh, the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. I went, when I was 20, well, I was still 20 years old, about to be t- 21, I went for LAPD. Okay. And I passed everything. And when I got to, up to the oral interview, they, they told me straight up, you did excellent on everything, but you're not getting the job because you're white. You're wow. a white male. I mean, they told me straight up, you're a white male. Wow. We're looking for uh, uh, women and minorities. Wow. And of course, well, that just kicked me out. So I try to tell them I identified as, as a black woman, but <laughs> that was before any of that was hip. So. It, might, it might work now. It, <laughs> it might, might actually work now. <laughs> it might work now. <laughs> but it didn't work back then. <laughs> okay, wait. That deserves a... And, no, no, no. Uh, that, yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, but um, so... It, I'm seeing these trends, it seems to me, and I'm just going to use this word. I know you're trying to be nice, but let's just cut down to the nitty-gritty. Let's get a little nacho libre, the (laughs) nitty-gritty. I call it, and maybe not. it's not 100% just this, but I call it just flat lazy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, young people, and it's just anybody. This isn't just a young person problem. I deal with it mostly... Uh, with young people because I hate to see people destroying or messing up their life at such a young age Mm -hmm. because it's not impossible but if if you mess up in in the beginning it's like you have to start over you'll be like 40 Mm -hmm. trying to take care of something that you should have done at 20 Mm -hmm. you know so that's why you know but it's 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 a laziness and they and they couch this laziness in other things right you know they call it equity or justice right. or you know they blame that uh, it's the privilege of the older people or the white privilege or the whatever right and when it all comes down to is no dude you're just lazy yeah no to- totally and i think that the biggest problem of uh my generation is um the way that society's kind of swaying towards um i i I see a lot of it um, kind of being praised on Instagram. You know, you see those Instagram famous people and, and, and you hear, um, you know, you ask little kids nowadays, like, what do you want to be? I want to be a YouTuber. Like, that's not a job. You know? <laughs> Is it fun? Yeah. I think it's more of a hobby than anything. Like, I mean, more power to you if you made a whole career out of this, but it's not something sustainable. Like, let's look at the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that things like social media has made people um, a lot more lazy. They want it all, but they don't want to work for it, right? Because why when you can get it for free uh, in, in their perspective, right? And then not only that, like, let's talk about the government. The government's giving out handouts like crazy, and that's that's why people are getting lazy. Like, why, why should I work that hard? If, you know, I can get it for free here, like, you know, especially here in California, like uh, the, the system is so jacked that they'll give money thousands and thousands of dollars, taxpaying dollars to people that don't deserve it. Right. And don't get me wrong. I think that there is people that actually need the help and the assistance just to get back on their feet. But it's not the way that you're supposed to live. You know, um, I don't think that people should stay that way. Oh, I agree. I mean, they have three and four generations of families. Um, on welfare. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that wasn't a hand up to help somebody out oh. in a moment. That, that became a lifestyle, <laughs> yeah. multi generational lifestyle. And to, and when I was younger, 
again, when, when I was running around as a teenager, um, things such as uh, welfare and those types of programs or those types of things where you got money for not working, mm-hmm. uh, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Nobody wanted to do that. Right. I mean, it was like the, the people that did that were the people that were genuinely they were at their wits end and they had nowhere else to go Mm -hmm. you know and and i believe that's what the system should have been kept at yeah for people that really hit what you know the 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 bottom of the barrel so to speak and they just had nowhere else to go and they really genuinely needed a hand up Mm -hmm. not a hand out now it's turned into a lifestyle with many people and we have generations of people now just completely lazy Mm -hmm. i mean and it blows my mind because Mm -hmm. it's you know, like the Bible says, the man that doesn't work, neither let him, don't even let him eat. Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, I found out the hard way, but hunger is a great motivator. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he, what do we do? We don't just, we don't just feed people. Mm-hmm. We give them house. Oh, for sure. Clothing, a check. <laughs> Their car. The, the car, <laughs> EBT, even phones. Yeah. We got the, oh, yeah. Oh, what, yeah. Obamacare, right? Obama phones. Yeah. And then Obamacare. <laughs> you know, so... To, to a person that already has it in their head, you know, um, that lazy streak, what would what would make them even want to get up and make something? Oh, for sure. Up? It's like giving a child, you know, endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they clean their room if, if you're going to keep doing it for them? Right. You know? Like, why, why should they work and you know earn chore money if you're just going to buy them all the toys that they want right, right? why 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 do anything if if someone's just going to take care of you regardless yeah. um and i think that's the mentality that's been like pushed on to my generation which makes it very very difficult um for the rest of us to thrive because i mean they're mooching let's just be real yeah <laughs> yeah and that money comes from somewhere yeah and then they're going to take it from the people that are actually out there working hard mm-hmm. and give it to the people that refuse to work. Right. That, that, that have endless excuses as why they can't go out and get a job. Mm-hmm. I've run into that, you know, like I said, back when I was younger, it wasn't so much people just, you know, it, it was the guy who, oh, I got a bad back, you know. Yeah. I got a bad back. I can't work. Let me just collect a check. It was always the back problem, uh-huh. and and I always wonder why was it always the back problem? Oh, because it's hard to detect. You can't. It's hard to prove otherwise. Yeah. yeah. You know, you say I got a broken leg. Well, you can run yeah. a. You could check that out. Mm-hmm. You know, but the bad back. Oh, and that was so famous. Yeah. And um, and I even know people today that are my age. I haven't worked a real job in 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Still with a oh because it's my back. Yeah. It's like no, you're lazy. Yeah. I also yeah. know another guy that literally is paralyzed from. Yeah, the uh, chest down. He has movement of his arms, but not his legs. So from about chest down, uh-huh. completely paralyzed, and he's in a wheelchair. And uh, from that place, from being in a wheelchair, completely paralyzed from from the, the chest down, he's been able to. Um, I think he was in like insurance and other things, but make a ton of money, be very successful mm-hmm. from a wheelchair. Which just shows you that it. I mean, you don't have to be limited. You right. limit yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly. And um, I don't know. I feel like it, it's more than just being lazy. I think it's more of an internal issue um, of people not only feeling like, okay, like, why why work when someone can hand out something to me, right? I think it's more of, like, an issue of um, people's own perception of themselves. Um, like, 
it's just like a like a, maybe like a self value thing. I, like I don't know. It's it's very interesting to really like dive deep into something like that because it it just doesn't make sense. Like I know when I work and when I earn things for myself, it gives me like this instant gratification, right? Yeah. This like wow, I did that. Just like how you were talking to me or asking me how I feel when I accomplish something new. Yeah. You know, I feel empowered. I feel like wow, let's let's take on the next storm. Like let's, yeah. let's do something else. But like in that aspect like these people don't see themselves as a value and I feel like it makes them more um, victimized than anything um, when they continue to take those handouts right and I totally agree with that it is much a self um, image yeah self-value and, and self-image because the reality of it is people that really have a healthy self-image mm -hmm. they tend to be hard-working mm -hmm. because not that they're looking for the praise of other people around them. It's that self-worth that says, like you just said, I did this. Yeah. And um, it's not an arrogant thing. It's not a pride thing because they may not tell anybody else. Yeah. It's like the woodworker that's really good at his craft. Right. And when he can stand back and look at something that he made, whether a desk or, a, a, you know, cabinets or whatever. Yeah. And he could have a smile on his face and go to bed knowing, I did that. Right. That is spectacular. I did that. Yeah. Nobody else even knows. Yeah. He doesn't like parade it around, you know, drive it around in his truck with a big sign that says, I built this, I'm the best. He doesn't have to. No. Because he has that healthy self-worth mm -hmm. based upon his own personal victories. Exactly. So when people have these low self-esteem, that's another thing that growing up I heard a lot about low self-esteem and self-esteem. Everybody got a trophy. <laughs> well, how do you build self-esteem? By having personal victories. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a big uh, attribute to building yourself and building your character. Um, and not only that, like like I said, building your character, I think that's just a whole nother snowball of like information. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> we could talk about um, how just working hard, it, it builds your character around other people and like what you're willing to do in order to get from point A to point B. You know, uh, your, your morale around it, like how are you gonna get there? Are you going to do it the harder, longer way and learn every step of the way so you can replicate it later on in the day? Or are you going to, you know, take the fast road to it and try to, you know, have this microwave persona with you know your accomplishments and okay fine go ahead go try that microwave um, route and see how far it gets you and see the longer route will always bring you more value you know um, the longer route will give you more than you'll ever than life itself can give you at that very moment if that makes any sense <laughs> no I absolutely agree with that because it's like a, a lot of people they'll go through say two or maybe four years of college They'll get a degree mm -hmm. and then expect to step right out of college, grab yeah. a job making $150,000. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then get mad at everybody else because they didn't get that job and they yeah. look at their piece of paper as being worthless when it's not. Yeah. It's just you haven't proven to the rest of the world yeah. that your character is built, that you are yeah. in long terms. Because, you know, well, I went through four years of school. 
that's still four years out of a lifetime. Yeah, and it's actually funny because now that four-year degree doesn't mean as much because of how many people are actually getting it. Right. Not that, it, again, I'm not bashing it. I think that it's, it is a valuable piece of paper. You work hard for that, right. but you can work harder. Um, I, I know so many people that their parents paid them through college. And what did that create? Because you had no opportunity for, for growth in, mm-hmm. um, in a work environment. They're gonna, people are going to see you after you get that four-year de- four degree piece of paper and they're going to be like wow that's great so where'd you work well I I don't I have never worked in okay well you don't have life skills right you don't have life skills so I can't I can't help you right you know and okay well that comes to the comes to too is I had a I have a friend um she went to school at UCLA and she she got her bachelor's degree and minored in entrepreneurship or something like that um and she she worked slightly but she didn't really get into too much of you know um internships or anything like that she didn't really network herself when she got done she tried getting into real estate and realized that this is different you know and it felt so bad because like that's the reality of most people you spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this education that means nothing because you didn't work on your character you didn't work on who you should have been and now it's just a waste can you rebuild that yes but you're gonna have to start from the bottom when you could have started from the bottom back then yeah you know um so at that that in itself i'm just like wow and it's funny you even bring up that because i was having a conversation with um with a, a mother that was actually here at Butler's and we were talking about her daughter going off to college and I was like that's so awesome like so so cool um, and I was like I'm proud of her you know and so we started conversating she was like um, she was expressing like some people's concerns about her daughter being in college or something in a way and I was like you know what I um, I had to finish uh, part of my undergrad online and it was harder for me like I'm, I'm a single mother like how how was I supposed to go to college full-time at that time of my life where it was just chaotic it was hard but I got it done right but I didn't have the, the in-person um, experience that most people did have and um, I told her I, that was the one thing that I did regret because there's those uh, connections that you make while you're in college says a lot more about your degree than you just getting the degree itself and so I was told there was like it's so great that she's having those opportunities to go out and venture out and make those connections now while she's in college no that's actually you know you made up you got to slow down on making all the great points because I can only hold on to one at a time (laughs) I told you she was very wise All you young men out there around 28, she's single, I'm just saying. Anyways, um, uh, I agree with that because I'm not saying every college experience or every person Mm -hmm. in college, okay, but but often it's a very controlled world, Mm -hmm. and it's not real world. Mm -hmm. You know, they they might stay in the dorm, Mm -hmm. they go off. Yeah, they go off. They leave mom and dad, which is is a good thing on that, but they stay in a dorm, Mm -hmm. they get their... um, their meals taken care of, mm-hmm. usually on some kind of program, yeah. and they don't have to really wander too far off the campus. Everything's right there. Right. So they're they're with people, for the most part. They're same age, mm-hmm. same demographic, mm-hmm. all huddled together for two, maybe four years, on the same campus. They are all eating in the same place. Mm-hmm. Not, maybe not a hundred percent, but at least a large enough majority of them that they connect with the same people and it's not real world in the sense uh, very few some do 
will go off campus and get a job. Yeah. But not all the time. Yeah. It's ev- it's rare. In other words, it's campus life is right there. Mm-hmm. Where else in the world is is life like that? Right. Right. It's unrealistic. Yeah. It's unrealistic. Yeah. Exactly. So they come out of school. They got a degree from the work they did on that controlled environment, mm-hmm. but it's not real world. So that employer is like, you want me to pay you fifty thousand dollars a year, sixty, whatever it is. Right. And you have no real world experience. Yeah, yeah, you got a degree. That just told me that you were, that you were, at least he sees that you were able to buckle down and do your work. Right. And do what was asked of you. So that's a plus, but in a very controlled environment. Because if you don't leave the campus, mm-hmm. what else are you gonna do? Right. Right. And it, it's really hard to learn off of people that have the same life experience as you. So it's right. like, oh, where are you gonna go from there? <laughs> Yeah, because like I said, most everybody, except for maybe some of the professors and that occasional older person that's going back to school for whatever reason, but usually everybody's about the same age, yeah. same demographic, all that. Mm-hmm. They have pretty much the same goals, Yeah. especially if it's a specialty kind of college, like maybe a Bible college or a medical college. Well, right. they all have the same goals. They yeah. all have the same. That's not real world. Yeah. When you get out there in life and you say buy a house and you move into a neighborhood, you might live next door to a police officer on one side, maybe a, a fireman or somebody who works for the fire department across the street, maybe somebody who has their own small business over here. It's totally different. Yeah. You know, um, and even different, this is funny because it used to be in the day that there was the wealthy part of town, there was the middle class part of town, there was poor part of town. And if you, you know, if you were in one of those, that's because that's what you were. Yeah. Nowadays, you can go and buy a house on the street, and across the street could be a multimillionaire. Right. Somebody next to you could be Section 8 and very poor. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, it's so not true. like that anymore. No. no. So the real world has become very diverse. Uh huh. And that's not the case on these college campuses. They no. don't have that real world experience. They don't. They don't. And um, there is something I was going to say. Hold on, let me just let the coffee shop talk come into my brain really quick. Let the caffeine fumes come and wake you up. (laughs) Oh, okay. So probably not as educated to say, but I seen a meme. (laughs) It it actually cracked me up because um, it was a person talking about when they were like 18, one of their good friends at work was um, some like 30 year old. Um, but they're like, you won't get that anywhere else, right. that diverse age gap. Yeah. And it's so funny because you learn so much in that arena. It took me back to, every, like I said, all the jobs I've had before. I've, my first job was in movie theaters. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was scooping up popcorn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Popcorn scooping. Yeah. And then, you know, you, I'm like, all right, this is not the life for me. After three months, I was like, all right, I got to go somewhere else. So then I got into retail and it kind of stayed there. But um, I say a lot to say is that, that's where I grew. That's where I learned. And um, I, my very last retail job was was working at Sephora. And I still look at everything that I, I've learned from my boss that took me under her wing and took a gamble on me because I had no makeup experience. Like I, I've never like I didn't dabble and I just wore it, you know. And um, I was like, no, I have retail experience. I sold myself, you know. Yeah. And uh, she believed in me so so much. I remember one time she had this conversation with me, and she was like, I want to give you your own store. 
store. Like, I want to build you to wow. have your own store. And I told her, I was like, look, this isn't for me. Like, <laughs> I was like, I want to be a nurse. Like, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to be here forever. But it, it was those conversations that um, made me look back and say, no, I, I can do more. I can, I can because this, this older person sees something in me that I didn't ever see. And that if I never had that diversification of, of life, then I would have never been able to move forward. That, you know, that is a, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very, I'm very happy that Dree is here because from her vantage point, a young single mom and talking this way, it's so refreshing because I remember when my kids were little and they're, well, little for me, but getting out there where they started getting, uh, thinking about getting their first jobs and everything, I always told them, and people would tell me I'm such a bad parent, but I would tell them, I hope that your first job, you, you have to work really hard, come back with a sore, come home with a sore back, sweaty, and I hope the pay is terrible. <laughs> And I, I hope that you hate that job. Right. And even my kids look at me, why? You're my dad. You should, like, want the best for me. I yeah. said, that is the best for you at it this is. stage of life. Because you'll learn to hate that job so you won't settle. Yes. You will work your way out of that job to get a better job. Yes. Where you're not so sore, where the pay is better. You will make yourself more, I say this to young people all the time, make yourself more marketable. Mm -hmm. Learn some skills. Don't flip burgers forever. Don't. Mm -hmm. Don't go over there and take your first job to like scooping popcorn. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that's a bad job necessarily, but it's it's a bad job for your career. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> job to start because it's not a great job right. you know, in right. that in that regard. So mm -hmm. in, in in one hand, it's a great job because it motivates you to get out of there mm -hmm. for a better job. Yet on the other hand, if you stay stay there too long, it becomes a terrible job because I don't care who it is. Right. You're better than that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. It's it's a humbling experience, and it's an experience that I hope that even the generation after me learns. And it's actually terrifying because you look at the generation um, after me. What is it, Gen Z? <laughs> yeah, what are we at, Gen Z? I don't, yeah. What's next? I don't know. They ran out of alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> don't get them started on the yeah, alphabet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole alphabet group. Yeah, don't, don't get them started on that. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, he, it, it's it's scary because they don't know how to work. They don't know how to conversate with people. They don't know how to have a dialogue. They're on their phones all the time. They're learning things off YouTube, Instagram, uh, whatever else. They're, with TikTok. Tick, don't get me started on TikTok. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, it's crazy to, to see um, that people aren't the generation after us is just it, it's scary <laughs> it's scary because you they, they don't think it. they're you gonna can say it here this is you're in a safe place <laughs> say it. <laughs> it it's scary because i don't think that they're going to be able to develop the same skills as we did and i don't think that my generation was able to to, to develop the same skills as your generation did um and you're starting to see like the gaps and like yes so, i mean there we have some kind of advantage because we have technology but like okay but you don't have people skills like people in my generation can't even have relationships <laughs> they're, they're having a hard time having relationships and you're only seeing it dwindle off even more as generations go on right, right. and it, it's scary but it's just i feel like the the prime um 
problem of it all is probably going to be is that people um, in, in their ethics, their, their work ethics, their, their morale, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's a problem. You know, yeah. people need to learn how to unlazy themselves. <laughs> no, I totally agree. You know, my, I remember uh, my dad was one of those uh, do-it-yourself kind of guys on everything. If he could do it, he wouldn't hire anybody to do anything. Yeah. He would figure it out. You know, whether it be too. working on the car, <laughs> building something yeah. at the house, you know, and so I got a lot of that from my dad. Mm-hmm. But then, like my generation, even was still hands-on in, in a lot of ways, but not quite, not nearly as much as my dad's generation. Yeah. And then I just saw it progressively get, in that regard, worse. Like you said, there's some things that are great. We got a lot of great technology yeah. that's really making life. Um, a lot easier right. in a lot of ways but in my opinion sometimes too easy Yeah. and I don't want to be one of those guys who say we're going to need to get rid of technology no I just think we need to grow in our discipline Yes. to know when to put technology down Yes. and let's say pick up a hammer and build something yeah. or put our phone away and actually have a real world kind of like this we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. but it's in a real world conversation yeah yeah. You know, and, and we both could do that because we're in that place where we, well, it's my job. I have to converse with people. Yeah. And it's your job, especially in real estate, you yeah. have to converse with people. But those are skills that aren't, they're, they're not necessarily natural all no. the time. They're acquired. Yeah. yeah, they're acquired. You have and to you build it. definitely have to build it. And um, I like how you touched on the communication aspect because. Um, people don't know how to communicate. Right. They don't know how to communicate their, how they're feeling. They don't know how to communicate um, properly just to convey, like, hey, this is what I want. You know, I, I want this job, so hire me. They're just like, the, the way that people have dialogues nowadays is just very uneducated. Right. In a world where we have education at our fingertips, you know? Yeah. Not only that, like, a book, just pick up a book. Like, you don't even need technology for that. <laughs> wait, 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 what, what's a book? Uh, I mean, it's... it's um, it's a group of papers with words on it. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody told me about those. <laughs> Just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually reading like three or four books right now, trying to get through them for different reasons. I read a lot of books. But you're right. I, I, I don't know too many people. I don't even know how these books, like Barnes & Noble's plays like that, even stay in business. Right, right. Because you hardly see anybody in them. Yeah. And if you do see people in them, it's usually younger people that are in college just there to borrow the book take the notes and then walk out without buying it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so i don't know really know how they stay in business and and um but you're right read a book um you know um even such things as uh, and i'll be honest, i'm making a podcast i do the podcast right. and so many people say yeah I'm, I'm educating myself through podcasts which i know you can yeah but there's something about uh because let's face it, most people are going to listen to this maybe driving somewhere. Right. And they might agree or disagree or throw something or, I agree, yeah, yeah. say it again. You know, yeah. oh, I disagree. What's wrong with you? Okay, that's that's great. But there's still no real world communication no. in there. No, no. You know, um, and, and uh, that's why I think reading books, because it engages people parts of your brain mm-hmm. that even listening to a podcast I mean it's it's a, it's a good second but you know um, but pick up a book learn something read something I, I always tell people this okay check this out my generation <laughs> right, right? Right, right my generation all right oh, God bless them <laughs> you'll find that one and she says oh, I just don't have any friends 
I just don't, you know, I'm so lonely. I don't have any friends. Nobody likes me. And they go out, you give you, a, you just want to pull out your violin and start yeah. playing it real wee, wee, wee. And, um, you know, not, not, I wish I had a violin, so it's definitely not this. Okay, that's not what you want to do. You just want to pull out a violin. I wish I had a violin sound on oh, there. Sorry. I, I used that. to play it. I could have just, oh, you should have. Uh, long, long time ago. Long time ago. And I've asked, so I asked those people. Here's my first question. So, when's the last time you invited somebody out? And they just give you that blank stare, like, well... Um, you want me to do that? <laughs> uh, well, I just don't know who to do it. Right. I mean, especially if they're church folks. There's a whole church full of people. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you know, you grab them by the shoulder and you point them at somebody in their basic age group, yeah. demographic, and everything. Go ask that person out for coffee. Yeah. We even have a coffee shop here you can bring them to. Yeah. You know, it's like, or, or the famous, you know, I'm just so lonely. You know, okay, this is what I want you to do tomorrow. I want you to step out of your house, lock the door behind you, uh-huh. and walk somewhere, a restaurant, a coffee shop, somewhere where there's people. Yeah. And just start introducing yourself and having some real world conversation. Talk to somebody. Yeah. And they look at you like deer in the headlights. Like, oh. <laughs> what? Like I was just speaking, you know, I don't know. Japanese or something. Yeah. They just didn't hear anything. Yeah. It's so funny though. It's it, that same mentality of like everyone wanting some someone to come to them, right? Yeah. That's the same mentality that like people have with life, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, money's supposed to just come into my pocket. And, you know, I, I'm just supposed to be successful, you know, because success is just going to gravitate to me, you know. And the people have that mentality of, you know, you don't have to go out and work for it. You don't have to go out and reach for it. You don't have to go out and do anything. But they forget, like, it's the baby steps that add up to that big move, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's it, that's just really funny. It's a funny perspective. It really is. And it manifests. Uh, I think it's the same root problem, but manifest in different people in different generations, different ways. Yeah. Like the one person, I don't want to get a job because I want it all to come to me. Yeah. They, you know, they owe it to me. Yeah. Or the other person, like I'm lazy, I'm lonely, lazy, I'm lonely, and, I, and nobody ever wants to talk to me. It's like, it's the same real problem. Yeah. yeah. Get your butt out there and make something of yourself. Yeah. If it's relational or if it's financial or yeah. whatever. And you know, I think it's funny too is that you see it a lot in the church world. Yeah. Like a lot. And I think growing up in church, like it was funny to see because you did see, um, I, like I said, I wanted to be a doctor or like nurse or whatever since I was like four. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I remember when I used to say it, I'd get like this weird look because, you know, you grew up in the church, you're supposed to be part of the church. And I'm like, well, how are you supposed to work? You know, like you, you have to work, right? And right. I remember dad, my dad growing up uh, always saying, um, he was always like, no, you have to work for what you have. Yeah. You have to work for it. Like, no, I know God can bless you, but you have to work. And I'm like, yeah. And it was just this, like a weird ideology for some people. Right. It's like, uh, oh, well, we can't just be so spiritual that like people just gravitate to us, right? right. And and we're, we're supposed to be so spiritual that, you know, money just falls into our laps. Or like, you know, relationships just happen. Or, you know, if I just sit here in church, like I'll get married. Like, n- yeah. no, I mean, you gotta get out there. You know, right. you gotta get out there. You gotta you yep. gotta figure out life for yourself. You gotta go work for it. Um, so it's, it's really funny. Anything worth having is worth working for. Yes. If it's not worth working for, it's not worth having. Yes. And a lot of people haven't figured that out in their life yet. Yeah. And that still blows my mind because, you know, if I want to, you know, I really love my truck. But if I decided one day I want a Rolls Royce, well, that's out of my present budget. (laughs) But I would realize I'd have to go work for it. Yeah. I'd have to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more marketable, figure it out. Yeah. Cut corners over here. And I, I, I don't mean in a 
in a bad way, but you know, yeah. cut back on my spending over here, you know, work a little bit harder over here, put myself out, get the money, yeah. go buy my rolls. Yeah. I like how you like kind of laid out the plan though, because a lot of people were like, no, it's supposed to happen. You know, it's supposed to just be there. Like, you know, I, I want it, manifest it, right? Like, no, there's steps to it. And I think people get super, super overwhelmed with the steps. And like the process, they're like, oh no, it just looks so overwhelming. Well, how about you get yourself a planner and you start planning out little things that you can do to work out to that one big step. And that big step will eventually get you to start walking Mm -hmm. and then you can start running. But we have to take things one step at a time. You know, it, it kind of like, it reminds me of like when people start working out at the gym, right? People are like, okay. I want to start running. And I'm like, no, 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 you haven't even you know, walked for like 10 minutes in like yeah, yeah. the past like year. Yeah. Like, don't do that, you know? Um, it's like, no, you, you got to take baby steps. Like, okay, you know, take out your sugar, you know? Let's just start little. Like, stop drinking soda every two hours. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, let's just start small and start to work your way up to a, a tolerance, you know? And once you build that tolerance, you can go a little bit higher. Like, you know, get that first job, right. you know? And once you get that first job, you know, grab everything that you can from that first job and then get a better job you Mm -hmm. know it's just like it's it's the small little things that people don't realize that they need to make yeah and and we have a whole bunch of people in our culture and society that demonize work yeah it's funny i don't i don't don't understand it because work when you work see i guess maybe it's the 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 word itself work oh my gosh it's gonna be something i hate doing every day i'm gonna come home sore no, ladies and gentlemen, we've said this. If you find if you find something you really love and turn that into a job, you'll never work a day in your life because yes. you'll love it that much. Yes. So when I say work, that's what I'm hoping people start seeing. Yeah. It's not going to be your first job, and yeah. it shouldn't be your first job. Right. Your first job should be hard, mm-hmm. and to the point where it you hate it so much you're motivated to work harder to get into the realm you really want to be yeah and even if you don't know you're you're young and you don't know where you're going yet and and you you know you haven't even explored life yet or even if you're a little bit older you know it's never too late but you got to take that first step and figure out what you like but you won't ever know what you like until you make that first step right yeah you you have to explore you have to dabble in a couple things you got to figure out like okay is this something i like okay it's not like okay let me find something else i'll go go to the next job you know find the next like niche and then work with that yeah and and it could be anything on any level that really can um basically produce a paycheck yeah i mean look at yeah I see people that are like, you know, like candle makers that just make scented candles that are yeah. making a lot of money. And that's something that they enjoy, they like, and they're making candles and they've turned it into a business. Yeah. And, it, and you know, here at Butler's Coffee, you know, um, um, selling coffee and, yeah. and ice cream and teas and, and pastries. Yeah. It's like, if that's what you, if you that's what you really like, it wasn't that, if, when I tell people how we ended up at this place, yeah. it blows people's mind. They And they look at me and go, well, I could do that. Yeah. Well, of course you can do that. Yeah. Of it's course just like, you dream can do bigger, that. you know, yeah. find something you really, really love. And if you can't, if you don't know it off the top of your head, that's fine. You right. know, just find it. Um, I know when I first got into real estate, I had a, I had a coach. Um, he, was, he was great. He was so funny. Um, he uh, had told me, he was like, what's your why? 
And I was like, my why? Like, what? what is that, right? I mean, why? And I was like, I just want to make money. Like, I need to make money, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, no, find that thing that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning, that thing right. that motivates you. Find why you want to exactly. be here. And I was like, oh, wow, that's super profound, right? And then another thing that he told me that was super profound was, you know, people want to know, like, and trust you. And if you can gravitate to those three things and you can figure out, you know, how people could know you, like you, and trust you, then you're going to be fine. Right, right. You can you, you create a niche for yourself. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're robbing young people of their true creativity, even mm-hmm. at a very young age. Yeah. And then by the time they get out into the work world age, 18 and beyond, pretty much that creativity, not, not 100% of them, but in many of them is just completely gone. They, they don't know how to create a life for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they expect somebody else to give them one. Yeah. Because their creativity has been destroyed. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you keep saying that word, dream, dream, dream. Yeah, dream bigger, dream. Yeah. I don't mean fantasy fruitcake stuff. I'm no, talking yeah. about real world dreaming. What Something can obtainable. I yeah. do? You know, if like like the young person that that's just likes working with their hands, okay, become a mechanic. Yeah. Well, you know, there's not a lot of money in it. No, not a lot of money. Just that grease monkey mechanic that works out in the front yard. Yeah. But there are courses, classes that you can take to say work on BMWs, work on Rolls Royces, yeah. work on Mercedes. Yeah. And when you get jobs in those types of shops, yeah. you do make a lot of money because you're working on high-end cars. Can yeah. you imagine being a Ferrari mechanic? How yeah. much money they would make? Uh, oh, I can only imagine. I mean, whoo. Yeah. And there's that's a real-world possibility. Yeah. You know, if you like working with wood, woodworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, doing uh, custom yeah. kind of woodworking, high demand, mm-hmm. because everything is just so puzzle piece. Like you can go into Lowe's or, or uh, Home Depot and buy a whole kitchen and just hang it up yourself. Yeah. You know, I know that because I've done it twice, <laughs> you know, but how I would love to be be able to be that woodwork, I just didn't have the skills Yeah. and and make all my custom cabinets. Yeah. And, and in certain areas such as Malibu yeah. and uh, Hollywood, West Hollywood, where else? I mean, we're talking about down below where the more ritzy places, yeah. Bel Air, yeah. Beverly Hills. Those people make bank yeah. because they're going into like these multi-million dollar mansions and they say, and they're hired, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and this. Okay, that's going to cost you like yeah. $300,000. No problem, I'll write the check. Yeah. And that's real world stuff. Yeah. And from what I'm understanding is there's a, um, uh, uh, there's a big need for that because everybody was sold on you know, go, go, to, you got to get that college degree. Mm-hmm. So yep. nobody's going into the trades anymore. Yep. And, and I love that. I really, really, really love that you said that because um, success was measured by your degree. And I feel like that was like such a false ideology that people had was that success should be granted by how much education you have yeah. versus on how successful can I be with a skill set that I have in front of me. Right. Um, and you can do anything as long mm-hmm. as you, you love it, right? And you put your mind to it and you really just push towards that. Um, but I, I think that the idea of just college was shoved down so many people's oh, throats yeah, absolutely. Um, that it, it made it unenjoyable to dream right and and i was always big on college because at least like i said when i was coming up 
college degree did actually mean you were going to make some more money mm-hmm. than the guy that didn't have it. Right. So I was always pushing my kids to get it. And then when things really shifted where they pushed it so much that they, they, they you know, so many people were getting these degrees that like when you go out and apply for a job, <laughs> you got 50 other degrees behind you yeah. applying for the same job. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I, um, I, I now I'm not against college. Right. I'm still not against it because right. it. I, but but I always tell people get a, a real world degree, not yeah. some something that you can go out something there and make worth money. Something worth it. Yeah, that's you, worth you it. Know? There's certain things where I'm just like, well, that was a little silly. You could have read that in a book. Right. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. It, it's like getting a degree in gender study. If you haven't figured out what a man or woman is, you know, four years in college isn't going <laughs> to tell you. It's not going to help you. They're, right. They're or, not going to tell you. I, I got a bachelor's in basket weaving. Uh, yeah, where are you going to get a job weaving baskets? You yeah, know what I you mean? could have just started your business exactly. on your own. Yeah, you didn't need that. Go get some leaves and weave them together. Okay, yeah. but uh, so so you couple that with somebody say he can go to like a, a one year trade school, say welding. Yeah, they get out of out of that trade school mm-hmm. and go get a job as a welder. Uh, making ninety to a hundred thousand dollars a year is, yeah. is opening for a, a, a certified welder. Yeah. And if you go get specialty like underwater welding, now that would be cool. You <laughs> fight sharks and weld at the same time. At the time. same That'd time, where awesome. are you gonna get that? Where you are know? you gonna get that? And they they make, I mean, like bank. Oh, I can bank, only imagine. You know? So, uh, but so there's all kinds of different things like yeah. that. Some people it's just like, oh, I'm just not. I don't like all that, you know, just sitting in a classroom kind of thing, but I wouldn't mind being a heating and air conditioning guy. Yeah. There's trade schools for that. Yeah. And that is really needed because most of the guys that you call and you come out, yeah. the owner has the license and all the technical training, but none of his employees do. Yeah. Because it's just hard to get them, so they'll just hire anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so when you actually can get these young people around that mechanic, like me, if I was if I was starting all over again, Oh, I would be in trade school for so many. I want to. I, I want to weld. Yeah. I want to work on Ferraris. I want to. You know. I want to do this. I want to do There's that. There's endless possibilities. Oh yeah. yeah. You just got to put your mind to it. You got to apply it. But it, it's just like this whole idea that the college is a one-way thing. It's it's not. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It doesn't. It doesn't accommodate for anything but but a lot of debt a lot of debt so yeah yeah, (laughs) you better make sure that you're going for something you really really enjoy right exactly and and um there's even ways to even uh, keep some of that debt down a lot of that debt like go get a part-time job and and pay as you go kind of a thing maybe you can't do that 100 depending on the degree you're after right Uh, um, maybe you can't do that 100 percent. but even if it's say 30 percent yeah i mean let's say let's say you you would normally incur a hundred thousand dollars in debt for a degree right and you can pay 30 percent of it off as you go uh-huh. well 30 percent that's a pre- pretty good chunk yeah well i mean for me like i worked two jobs going for my associates and i walked away with you know transferring over to my undergrad with zero debt i yeah. didn't start acquiring debt until after i went into grad school or undergraduate school yeah. so i mean even now like i'm still paying for you know my undergrad while i'm going to grad school because i don't want to end up with all that debt you know right. and I, I i can easily just sit back and just you know not work while i'm in grad school because it's hard like it I have five classes, you know, I commute two hours, like it's, right. it's hard, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want my future to be pushed back because I didn't want to make moves now. Right. Right. And you're raising a son, traveling two hours to get to your five classes and working a job and you're making it happen. And I see these, oh, 
I hate to sound like this because I know it sounds like I'm picking on people, and I guess in a way I am because it's just so. Well, so you see these people again in this college dorm mentality where everything's right there on their college. Right. And they hang out with the same small group of people. Mm -hmm. They they go to class with the same group of people, and they're usually going after some degree that's just nonsensical. Right. Incurring all this debt for a, uh, uh, um, you know, a degree that's really not going to. Right. Do anything for them. Right. And then they become complainers. They can become whiners. And you, and you can always, almost, maybe not always, but almost always make them out. Right. They're the people that are in these groups uh -huh. of anywhere from three to maybe ten. Mm -hmm. They all have different color hair. <laughs> They're usually, not always, a little overweight. Right. And what's funny, they didn't enter college looking like that. Yeah. But they ended up looking like that. Yeah. They got... Um, piercings all over their face, yeah, uh, and and uh, tattoos usually visible sometimes on the neck, back of the hand, something like that, and they whine and complain. And they're fighting for equality. And they're fighting for <laughs> equality, yeah. <laughs> and they're usually fighting from a strange place, like like um, they, they they stand up for you know um, BLM, Black Lives Matter, but they're a bunch of purple-haired white people. Yeah, you know, yeah. or like, oh, you're you're really doing something now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and then they're going to tell everybody else how they should feel. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like oh, they see somebody else, like a, a white person wearing a, a Mexican poncho. Oh, that's cultural appropriation. You can't do that, well, dude. That purple hair is a cultural appropriation. Okay, <laughs> it's like you're offending the purple haired people. <laughs> exactly, you're so rude. Yeah, I mean, you know, all those tattoos are cultural appropriation because that's not in, you know, it's just, yeah. it just blows my mind. And here's one for you. I just I've been wanting to do a podcast on this, so okay. I'm just this is. A little teaser okay along the lines of a pro, uh, cultural appropriation I did a little research okay, okay. on Levi's of all things uh -huh. okay and Levi's were created by some white people oh okay okay now ladies and gentlemen this is uh, uh, it's sort of about race but not racism I'm, I'm uh, this is more of a joke but to make a point so anybody if you want to go along that cultural appropriation line mm -hmm. Anybody that wears Levi's that's not white is cultural appropriation. Think about it. Dang it, I've been being I know, cultural see? appropriated. Yeah, no more Levi's for Dang you. Dang it, gotta get rid of my jeans. I don't even wear Levi's anymore because of other reasons. I don't agree with some of their stances on stuff. Right. It's sort of like Starbucks. I don't drink Starbucks because of their stances and on stuff. And you have butlers. Butler's I know, we coffee. have butlers. The best coffee yeah. in the world, by the way. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, but I was thinking about that one day, and I just started chuckling, going, "You know, this is so ridiculous." Because I've been to China, mm -hmm. and I've come home. They've given me some shirts that are clearly Chinese. You know, like right. the collar list. That's like, you know, I look like a, I look like maybe a Bruce Lee's priest. You know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, like a, the priest collar, yeah. not white and cool like the, the like the kung fu guy. Yeah. It's like bright purple. You know, so it's like. Bruce Lee, I call it the, my Bruce Lee priest shirt. <laughs> Clearly an Asian kind right. of a thing, Chinese right. thing. And they've given it to me. Yeah. And when they see pictures of me or they see me wearing them or I wore them there, they were just like, that looks so good of you. Thank you so much. That's so great. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They weren't bothered with they're me not offended. culturally. Yeah. yeah. They're not offended. Like they, they're like, wow, someone's embracing my culture. Like someone actually cares about what we're doing, you know? Right. And it's so funny because um, I guarantee you a majority of those people are not even embracing their own culture right so it's like why are you sitting here getting offended over people that are embracing someone else's culture it's not even it's not a hit it's it's someone that just is genuinely involved with it and right. they, they like it you know it's just like why would you know a white man move to africa well maybe he just really likes it you huh? know yeah. like it why would he move to japan like and, 
maybe he likes the culture, you yeah. know? Yeah, you just, you, you don't know what person, the person's motive is. It, and it, it just really blows my mind. It's actually, in a lot of ways, I mean, if it, to me, it's like a, it's, a, it's a living comedy skit. Yeah. But what's sad, what kind of takes the humor out of it, is no, this is how people really it's think. It's the real world. So yeah, it's like, scary. Ooh, mental illness much, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's silly. Yeah. It, because I, I, again, I go to Mexico quite a bit, and they often give me... Uh, um, clothing or hats right. and things like that. Yeah, you know, and I wear them all the time. I don't really care, and 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 um, you know. So I guess I'm culturally appropriating when I wear my straw hat that was given to me by a, a, a Mexican pastor in Mexico. Yeah, you know? like should he not have given this to me then? Like <laughs> so go ahead. I want you to ask me a question. Ask me if I care. Do you care? No. Good. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Because it's silly to me. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just it like, is. it's back to the Levite thing. It's just kind of a common, I wouldn't expect anybody that wasn't white that wears Levi's right. to go, oh, I'm going to burn my Levi's. I can't do this. I'm culturally appropriating. Knock yeah. it off. Wear your Levi's if you want to, you know? Yeah. I mean, geez, it's, it, it's, it's just silly. It's gotten to a really, really silly um, way of thinking. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of things that just make me like, wow, is this real life? Are, are we really like in America? Whoa the place that everyone longs to be like this is america you know yeah. it's scary it, it, it's crazy because again some of these same people they're doing that are the ones that want a free ride yeah it's very true so in a way even though they're lazy in that work ethic area mm -hmm. they're not fully lazy people because they'll expend they're energy mm -hmm. arguing with you about what you're wearing or not wearing yeah um about whether you accept or don't accept the LGBT, the alphabet group, right? whether uh, you are a fascist or not a fascist, yeah. and they'll argue with you. They'll even come over here and spray paint our window, Yeah, you know? So it's like they're not completely lazy, but no. they're putting their energies in the completely wrong place. Yeah, it's Take just the way that society is moving, you know? Yeah. And then they're just letting society move them that way. And yeah. if the right people don't stand up, the, you know, the wrong people will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's been a gap because the right uh, the good people that have a, a decent head on their shoulders just, I mean, and I kind of understand it. They're just busy living their life. Yeah. Creating a world for themselves. Right. Creating a world for their children. Right. And they don't have time to go and combat these knuckleheads. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we don't make the time, mm -hmm. the knuckleheads will take over. Right. Right. You know, and what we look at and go, that's completely abnormal will then become normal, not because it's right, right, but just because it's just the way everything went. Yeah. You know, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're wearing Levi's and you're not white, you're cultural, <laughs> culturally appropriate. We I all are. Get <laughs> I just start laughing every time I say it. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, before anybody writes any nasty letters calling me a racist or a homophobe or any, you know, a Levi-phobe or something like that, I'm completely having fun with this. You know, wear your Levi's. Go for it. You know, wear your what do they call those um, African shirts? I forget what they call them. There's a certain know. name. I almost said Jim Bay, but that's a Trump. I have a ton of them. Okay. I've been to Africa many yeah. times. I I, I um, tried to wear them a few times, especially in the summer because uh -huh. they're loose and they're they're super comfortable. Are they? Oh, they're great. Nice. And um, and I had some people get mad at me that I you can't wear that. That's African. <laughs> Yeah, I was. It was given to me as a gift right. from real Africans right. in Africa. And I'm sorry. Like, what if you really are African? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when Rion comes yeah. over, he's as white as I am, and he's actually South African. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> they don't even, you know. So we have a friend that's actually Egyptian. Uh huh. And so she's um, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Right. Got the Middle Eastern look. She goes, "I'm a real African." 
You know, you guys think you're African. I'm a real African. I'm just like, <laughs> this is just too crazy in our world. It is. I mean, you know, everybody's like getting all so, uh, uh, what's the word they use now? Butthurt? I don't know where that came from, but nonetheless. I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> you know, over a silly little thing. Yeah. If I wear it's a, just like a um, society of sissies. That's what it is. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what happened. It's yeah. like some of these young men have given up certain parts of their body Ooh, and become yes. very childish, yes. girlish. Yes. Girly, you know, and what used to be clearly feminine isn't anymore. Right. What clearly used to be masculine isn't, isn't anymore. You know, and it really makes it harder for us um, women looking for, you know, Someone, it, it, it's it's so funny. I was just having this conversation with a classmate. It was like, just so funny because you don't see enough alpha males out there. I'm not saying, you know, you, you got to be a jerk. You know, I'm right. saying you just got to be a man. You know, right. like, get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid. You know, stand up for what you believe in. Right. Um, you know, lead, work hard. You know, it's yeah. just really basic things. But you don't see that very often. Well, at least not here in California. But, I mean, we are in L.A. County, so it might be a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A little scarce here, but um, you don't see it very often at all. And I, um, I was talking to an old coworker. I ran into her. She was, um, she works in the makeup industry still. And she, um, she was like, "So are you dating?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, no, no, I'm not." Like, and she was like, she started laughing. She's like, "Well, you have a lot going on." I was like, "Yeah, it, it's hard." And you know, a lot of men don't really want to do anything you know mm -hmm. they they're a little lazy and she's like well you you have a lot going on your energy is very very hard to match she was like i mean you're a single mom and she just kind of named like a lot of different attributes that i am and it was really funny it was a little enlightening because i was like you're not wrong like i it's hard for me to settle for someone that's not doing as much as i am right yeah and you shouldn't have to right but that's the sad reality of it is, is young men out there now i'm i'm, I'm speaking to all of you from say 18 and I'll even bump it up to about 30 because I am seeing such a, uh, whether you realize it or not, um, the culture around us is trying to emasculate you. And what I mean by that is, is they're trying to convince you that everything that makes a man truly masculine, a man, right. a man, a man, they're trying to demonize and, mm -hmm. and convince you that those things are wrong. And toxic. And, and to yeah, toxic. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> and, uh, and if you haven't heard my podcast episodes on toxic masculinity, please go through them, find them, listen to them. I think you'll enjoy them um, because I'm right. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all the world needs to know is he's right. Yeah. All, all, just listen to me. I'm right. Anyways, so everything, uh, you know, like hard work. They want you. Listen, there's people in our culture, in our world, that don't want you working hard. Not They don't want you making something of yourself. They don't want you taking on things and really producing something. Even down to the point, they don't even want you to know how to change a tire. And I, I know that may sound strange, but if they can get you to, do, uh, to not do the things that are tradi traditionally masculine, then they can control you. You are easier to control when you're less of a man. Yes. That's why they want you with the purple hair. That's why they want you with the little softer body. That's why they want you to, um, um, they want you to complain when you don't feel like you're being taken care of by other people, the government, whoever. 
that your job is not paying you enough money and they don't want you to work hard and go get another job because they want you weak, they want you dumbed down, and they want you in that place where you always need somebody else to take care of you because they will happily step in and be your mommy in that area where you rely on them for everything. That's when we as men become easy to control. And you use that term alpha male. I don't use that too often only for one reason. Mm -hmm. Although I totally agree with what you said. People, when they hear alpha male, they automatically, oh, that's toxic masculinity. I saw a little clip of a young man, well, young male. Uh-huh. Couldn't call him a man. Young male. Oh, right. Super, I'll just, soft. Uh-huh. Sissy-ish, right. I'll just say that. Going on about how men are supposed to be subservient. They're not supposed to be out. They're not supposed to be out there making right. something. They're not supposed to be they're supposed to be subservient, subservient. And I'm not like you little waste of a human being. Right. It was embarrassing yeah. and sick. Yeah. Because everything masculine in me just wanted to like reach through that that, that screen, grab mm-hmm. him and slap him around a little bit. Right. And say, put on some boxing gloves, I'm gonna man you up right yeah. now, you know. When I meet people like that, I just want to throw a gun in their hand and say, we're going to the range. We're going to blow something up. We're going to keep shooting until you man up. Yeah, yeah. What happened to, like, the men in our society, like, you see, like, from the 1950s or whatever, where they just kind of buckle down and do what they have to do, you know? They just gear up for war. Let's do this. You know, you don't don't see that very often. Like, if America had a draft... Imagine. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, we would probably be laughed at. <laughs> we would. If, if we really had a major war where they yeah. had to enact the, uh, the draft again. Right. I, it's embarrassing. It is. Honestly, it's embarrassing. It is. It you is know, imagine that. some guy running out there where he painted his. Uh, his uh, his um, helmet instead of camouflage or, or drab green, you know, he painted it pink and rainbow color. <laughs> running rainbow out there. army print. Yeah. <laughs> And, and his wrists flopping around like, oh, yeah, my, oh my gosh, this would be, ladies, it's embarrassing what yeah. we see. And I'm, not, I'm just going to speak to you young people right now, especially you young people. It's not just young people, but you young people. Those of you who lean that way a little bit, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're, you're, get ready to be offended. Okay, just get ready to be offended. I know we're not supposed to offend one but I'm going to offend all of you. You bunch of little sissies, you're embarrassing. You are actually embarrassing. You're not men. You're not, I mean, even some of you ladies, you're not women. You know, right. when, when I have to do a double take because I can't tell what I'm looking at, there's a huge problem. You're embarrassing. Right. You're an embarrassment right. to United States. You're an embarrassment, or you should be an embarrassment to you. If not an embarrassment to your parents, I'm embarrassed for your parents. Right. Because there's something wrong with them. And you're an embarrassment because, again, if you, when it really came right down to it, if you had to defend yourself or defend your family or defend right. your loved ones from an attack, whether it be going to war or just some thug in the streets, what, what are you going to do? Slap them? Right. Stop that. You can't be so mean. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What you're going to do is you're going to pull out your phone and try to film them. Right. So that you can shame them later. Right. You know. Or, not, or better yet, they might call the women that call themselves feminists oh, and yeah, have yeah. them defend them. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. Because, you know, equality. Yeah, equality. equality. Go call a woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go call a woman that, that's stronger than you. That shouldn't be too hard with some of you. Yeah. You could call your little sister, maybe your grandma, you know, come on. <laughs> but it's an, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And I really don't point that out to really try to hurt anybody, but if their feelings would get yeah. hurt, well, then so be it. I mean, yeah. somebody needs the courage to just, and it's not even courage, just somebody needs the half a brain to look at them and just say, you guys are embarrassing. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? And it's, and ladies and gentlemen, it may seem like we've covered a lot of different things, but we've really been on one subject the whole time. It's basically this, where is this generation going? And it's not going the way it should. No, definitely not. You know, people say, well, we need to break away from cultural norms and traditional norms for something better. This is not better. I'm telling <laughs> It's scary. It is scary. Yeah. Um, America used to be feared. I think we're laughed at now. Oh, we so, are laughed yeah. at. <laughs> we are laughed at. I yeah. mean, like I said, I, I have friends literally all over the world, yeah. Africa, Asia, uh, Mexico. Right. I get people contacting me all the time. What's going on in America? I mean, I, this is serious. What's going on in yeah. America? When are you guys going to get this stuff together? I'm like, I'm trying. Yeah. I got podcasts going. I, 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 I talk to people. We have PMC. I'm trying. You know, yeah. I'm doing my best. Now here I am crying like a little baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they're asking what is going on. Yeah. And we're over here like, I, you know, I don't know. It's like you can only save people one step at a time. You yeah. know, just like the small little changes that yeah. you can make. It, it's... It's insane, especially driving through uh, L.A. And, oh you know, L.A. used to be like, oh, my God, you're going to Hollywood. You remember? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You got the golden ticket, right? Yeah. Like, you do not want to take that golden ticket. No. Like, no, no don't do not do it, you know? Um, I know uh, my son was like, hey, um, Mom, what's Hollywood, right? He's, I was like, oh, it's L.A. Um, he's like, wow, that looks cool, right? Like on TV. And I'm like, okay, let me show you what it really looks like. Yeah. And he was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had people come in from, uh, um, well, I had a friend come in from Africa. I had some friends come in from China. Yeah. And of course, they all want to go down to Hollywood yeah. to check it out. And I'm like, eh. do you really? <laughs> yeah. And I try to explain it to them. I'm not trying to pop their bubble, yeah. but then, you know, they go and they say, it's popped. Yeah, it's, yeah. they're disgusted by yeah. it. What in the world's going on? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, uh, Peelan and I went to uh, New York one time. Uh-huh. And, you know, of course, you see all the lights. Yeah. You see Times Square and everything. But New York is interesting if you don't look ground level. Mm. You literally have to look about 10 to 12 feet and up and right. higher just to see the lights. Because everything at ground level is dirty, disgusting. You know, there's a lot of graffiti and yeah. violence and just garbage and everything. Yeah. So if you can look up just at the light oh this is really cool look at all the lights yeah and, and you can hear the noise the hustle and bustle then you drop your eyes at ground level and yeah. you're like this is disgusting let's get out of here yeah la is much the same way oh for sure and where are all those tax dollars going oh, yeah. i mean it doesn't look like it's going there especially like as much as we're taxed like it's just insane like, yeah. I, I had bought a shirt um online and i got my online receipt and i and i looked at the the different taxes the oh, yeah. breakdown of taxes. So like, there's five different levels of taxes oh, I got yeah. on this. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? Like, I, I laughed at it because it's like, you look around here and you don't see any right. of that. Like, oh, where did it go? Right. You know, because it's definitely not going to helping us becoming like, a better environment, a better society or anything. Nope. So why, why are we doing this? Well, isn't it interesting that the people that are taxing us saying they need money for, say, whatever it is, the homeless, is right. usually the, they're the biggest the pawn homeless, right now. Yeah, All the homeless. Yeah. We, need, we need more tax money to help the homeless. And then they're not getting helped. No. But it's strange that these politicians, that you can see what, they, what their salary is. Yeah. And then if they're in there for four years, let's say they make, and this isn't the exact numbers, ladies and gentlemen, but let's say $100,000 a year, uh-huh. taxpayer money. They don't come out with like a, a nice little savings from that. Right. They come out multimillionaires. Yep. Well, how do you become a multimillionaire in four or eight years making $100,000 a year? 
and now you're worth like 10, 15, 20 million dollars. Yeah. So I wonder where all that money is going. Hmm, makes you wonder, huh? Yeah, it makes you wonder. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I mean, He's definitely not here. I have no clue. I have no idea. <laughs> Hands on cheek, looking like, uh, what's his name from Home Alone? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. So anyways, let's let's wrap this up a little bit. So we've basically been talking, in a fun way, about the same thing. About people in general, not just the young. I, I focus on young people because I don't want your life messed up. I don't want you to get to my age and then realize, huh, maybe I should have listened way back then. Or maybe I should have done things a little bit different. Maybe I should have gone this way instead of that way. Get it, Get it together now. Find out what really made your grandparents and even your great-grandparents, their generation, thrive and work, and then do what they did. It's not that difficult. Yeah. You know, yeah. Really, it's not that difficult. It's just like marriage. You know, How have you and your wife been together for 30, I don't know, 33 years now? You know, uh, um, how do you make it work? Well, we can sit down and talk about it. Yeah. It, it's, I'm not saying that it's not difficult sometimes in marriage yeah but there are keys to it you work at it yeah you (laughs) thank you you work at it i don't want to have to work i just they have this fairy tale every we just going to be in love and it's just all going to work out because we're in love (laughs) rainbows and unicorns and sparkles just shimmer down yeah tell me how that goes uh, a year into this you know what i mean because when real world hits and now you have to work if you're going to keep it together. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, it's, and, and I don't say that just about marriage. That's anything worth having yeah, is yeah. worth working for. Yeah, um, really quick. I was listening to this podcast by uh, Jordan Peterson, and he was um, talking about uh, humans. He was actually breaking down um, the whole Jacob wrestle, uh, wrestling with God. Uh-huh. And um, he was like, we're contentious people. You were humans, and we need to contend. Right. Like, that's that's what our inner being is, right? It's what builds us. And he had said, you know, um, if you don't have anything to contend with, then you're, you're not going to thrive, pretty much. Right. Like, you need to find a spouse to contend with. So if you're contending with your spouse, it doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing. It's just, you know, as long as you're not throwing books at each other, right? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's a healthy thing, you know? Yeah. And people don't realize it. Well, then that means that we are not just human, but Peelan and I are superhuman because we're very contentious. <laughs> we're always arguing about something. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. You know. Yeah, it, it's good. It challenges you. And I think that's like that. that's the best way to look at it is yeah. you find someone to challenge you. You find something to challenge you. Yeah, and that's where people don't want. Again, don't get me started. But people just don't want the challenge no, anymore. No, they don't. They don't want to work at it. But you know what's interesting? The people that thrive in the challenge, mm-hmm. those, you know, we call them the A personality or, you know, whatever, the yeah. alphas or whatever. Yeah. They're the ones that are they're out there making yep. making life happen. Yep. They're driving the nice cars. They're in the big mansions. Yep. And they're getting picked on and they're getting, the, you know, oh, look at that guy. He didn't, you know, but hey, he, like, he worked, worked for it. it. Yep. He worked for it. He <laughs> went out there and, again, wasn't afraid of the challenge. Yeah. As a matter of fact, often thrive in the challenge. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that's an automatic for everybody. Not no. everybody's automatically wired that way, but it but you, can. But you can learn it. Exactly. You can learn it. You can learn right. to contend with with it you know you learn and it it doesn't happen automatically it's something that happens in baby steps you fight the small soldiers before you fight the giant you know and and i know it can happen Mm -hmm. no matter who you are Mm -hmm. because if you're a human being that was born and then you learn to turn over 
You know how the first thing, oh, look, he turned over by himself. Yeah. And then you learn to crawl. Yeah. And then you learn to walk. Yeah. And then you learn to run. Yeah. If you can learn all those things as an infant. Yeah. You certainly can. And those are all challenges. Yeah. That's challenging for an infant. That's yeah. challenging for a little little baby. Mm-hmm. If you can learn that as a baby, how mm-hmm. much more as, a, as an adult? Yeah. 18 to 30 years old as an adult with all the possibilities in front of you all your intellect in front of you everything that you have at your disposal and even some of the technology that you have at your disposal you can overcome anything yeah just humble yourself and keep going yeah and and work yep get busy work (laughs) did we say that word enough work (laughs) um you know work on yourself Invest in yourself. Make yourself more marketable. Do you think people are hearing me? Can you hear Maybe me not. out there? <laughs> I guess we'll find out after this. <laughs> yeah. Keep the cards and letters coming, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, uh, Dre, it's been a pleasure having you. Is there any parting thoughts or wisdom that you want to share with everybody? Gosh, I feel like I said a lot already. But, um, yeah, dream big and don't be afraid to work and stay humble. You heard it right there, ladies and gentlemen. And, again, young men. She's single, but but I'm telling you right now, no losers. Uh, No losers. you got to get through all the guys at the church before you can get to her. So um, if you're willing to work for it and you got some money and some drive, hey, come and see a pay her visit. I still don't consent to this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're out. We had a great time. And, uh, again, write us and let us know how we're doing. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are very welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at gwccrobert. That's one word, gwccrobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters. Give me the bad letters. Tell me the great things I'm doing. Tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day. Table Flippers is flipping awesome. <laughs>